This episode of Manage Smarter is presented by Sales Fuel Coach, our adaptive sales coaching featuring five-minute quick coaching personalized to each sales rep. Learn more about Sales Fuel Coach at salesfuel.com. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast, everyone. I'm Audrey Strong, the Vice President of Communications here at Sales Fuel, and we have a very excellent guest today. We certainly do, Audrey. I'm C. Lee Smith. I am the President and CEO of Sales Fuel, and I'm not quite as badass as Bob, but <laughs> nonetheless, uh, it's like we're delighted to have him on board today. We sure are, and it's Navy Special Operations veteran and entrepreneur Bob Pizzini joining us today. Hi, Bob. Hi, good afternoon. How is everybody today? Very good, sir. And you? Uh, I'm doing great. And um, I thank you uh, for having me on the podcast. You've got some very interesting takes on leadership. Let me tell uh, everyone a little bit about you first, though. You are a master EOD technician, a master naval parachutist, a master training specialist, a mixed gas deep sea diving officer, United States Parachute Association accelerated freefall instructor, as opposed to non-accelerated, <laughs> and a Six Sigma Green Bell and an entrepreneur. Elevate Your Leadership with Bob Pizzini is your program, your website for everybody who wants to check out more, robertpizzini.com. It's P-I-Z-Z-I-N-I. And the core business is your I Fly Virginia Beach indoor skydiving. You are one busy man, Bob. I am, and that was a, that was a pretty good summary. Thank you very much. Bob, before we get started, thank you so much for your service. It's like I'm just amazed at at what you've accomplished so far in life, and I thank you very much for that. Yeah, uh, no, I'll tell you, if I was 18, I would do it again. It's been an incredible uh, military career and post-military with my uh, affiliations and some of the things you just read there. Some of the some of the unique relationships that I'm lucky enough to have. Was the, uh, was the your time in the military a, a, a critical part of your discovery of the six cri- critical traits of a leader? Oh, there's no question about that. It was it was kind of there the whole time, and it just took me 26 years to fully discover and realize uh, what what was there, what was what was uh, what my body and what my professional life was communicating to me, and uh, it just took me a while to really get my arms around it. But that's certainly where it came from, and my 10 years in the private sector. Well, sure. let's start on that. So, what would be the number one critical trait of a leader? So what I call uh, the fitness of a leader, the six critical traits to the fitness of a leader, oddly enough, the first one is rest. And rest comes in the form of sleep. Rest, rest comes in the form of pushing away from your desk uh, periodically throughout the day. Rest comes in the form of shifting your mind from heavy analytics mode to lighthearted. Think of something pleasant for a few minutes. So, and, and of course, I'm just really hitting the surface. There's a lot more to it, including uh, sleep, monitoring your sleep. Did I sleep really good last night? If so, why? Did I not sleep really good last night? If so, why? But the summary of all that as it applies to leadership is you have to recognize when you're perhaps not in the best condition to make important decisions. And, and, and when I say condition, I mean rest. Um, uh, if you're not well rested, you can be irritable. Uh, your thinking can be a bit cloudy. And if you recognize that within yourself, you may then defer an important decision or, or um, you know, otherwise uh, handle the situation 
differently knowing that you're not as prepared as you should be. Sort of like after you come out of a medical procedure, you know, and you're kind of drugged up and they <laughs> yeah. tell you, you know, don't make any important decisions and don't operate any heavy machinery. Uh, you know, that's a great comparison. That is really a great comparison. And I've come out of a few of those surgeries, so I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Yeah, I always tell the nurses when they're discharging me, I'm going to go to my lawyer's office and sign my new will, and then I'm going to go home and get the chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> they just look at me like, get out of here. <laughs> uh, that's funny. I asked my nurse one, uh, when I was recovering from a surgery, I asked her what kind of weapon she carries. Oh. <laughs> Good one. Was this a VA hospital by chance? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, it wasn't. <laughs> All right, so rest is number one. What are the other ones? Yeah, so rest uh, in order, uh, rest, hydration, nutrition, exercise, brain and heart health, and then number six is lifelong learning, which leads to uh, lifelong leadership. So brain health, can you talk about that one? I mean, what, do, what are you supposed to do to improve that on your own? Yeah, so that's one of those things uh, that I, I really dove deep into recently, so to speak, and learned an awful lot about. Um, I'm lucky enough to have um, accessibility to certain veterans programs. And I recently spent three weeks at the Marcus Institute for Brain Health in Aurora, Colorado. And although I did not have any severe TBI or other severe uh, brain trauma uh, during my time, in uniform, I was exposed to enough what we would call concussion level um, um, uh, concussion level events to where um, they thought I'd be a good candidate for this program at the Marcus Institute for Brain Health. And so what I learned is that um, your brain is is communicating with your heart, number one. Your heart and brain communicate back and forth all day long uh, and all night long when you're sleeping or awake. But understanding, uh, understanding how to control your brain health a little bit more will help you make better decisions as a leader. So very specifically, once again, and I'm just really kind of fast forwarding to the meat, um, within our brain, we have something called the autonomic nervous system. Within your autonomic nervous system, you have a sympathetic nervous system and a parasympathetic nervous system. Sympathetic is flight or fright. Uh, tiger's chasing me, I got to run really fast. So when your, para, when your sympathetic nervous system activates, blink rate increases, heart rate increases, blood pressure goes up, uh, sweat rate goes up, sal your, your mouth, you'll either salivate a lot more or your mouth becomes very dry. But this is your body reacting to a stress. At, at the end of the day, that's all it is. It's your brain reacting to a stress. And so it doesn't always have to be a tiger that's chasing you. It could be somebody who just came, uh, somebody on your team, somebody who you are a leader of who just came to you with unpleasant information or some news you weren't expecting. That will activate your sympathetic nervous system. That also causes a narrowing of vision, and it also causes a narrowing of, of your ability to think and to analyze and to kind of uh, see the big picture, not so much see it physically, but to consider everything that's going on. So this could lead you, um, depending on the situation, you might be getting ready to walk into a boardroom uh, and the topic is something that's, that elevates your heart rate or maybe you're just gonna speak in front of a group of people. Um, 
and you're not terribly comfortably doing that, all these things can activate your sympathetic nervous system, which at the end of the day reduces your ability to, uh, to analyze. There's something else called your parasympathetic, and your parasympathetic is the opposite or the antidote to sympathetic. Parasympathetic is where heart rate reduces, uh, blink rate reduces, blood pressure reduces, ability to see and reason increases. And it's that reasoning ability that we're really concerned about as a leader. So if I, and you hear it all the time, uh, people say stop and breathe. And so breathing is really how you control that brain activity um, more than anything else. And that's why I say brain and heart health, because um, the brain and the heart are constantly communicating with each other. Um, so to activate your parasympathetic, so first of all, if somebody brings me bad news, um, a good leader is not going to knee-jerk react right away, but you'll consider the information. If I do feel myself becoming agitated or otherwise excited, stop and breathe. And so a you, your breathing rate should have a shorter inhalation and a longer exhalation. And so breathe in for four seconds, breathe out for six seconds. This activates parasympathetic, slows the heart rate. There's also something called- I want to try this. Yeah. 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 It it works. And, you know, a lot of these breathing techniques actually come from yoga. um, And I've started doing yoga recently as well. And that's helped with some other things. But this activation of parasympathetic will allow you to kind of, again- broaden broaden your ability to reason and i'll take a pause there that was a long answer well it's really important in those types of situations you, you want to stay calm but you also want to be able to ask questions and get more information and really get to the heart of it so that you're not that, that, that gives you a little bit of time to kind of calm down from the nervous reaction that you get for me i get it in the pit of my stomach mm-hmm. um, and other people different something different but uh, you know, asking those questions, one gives, gives you additional information. Maybe you'll realize it's not as bad as it was originally perceived to be, or maybe, maybe it is as bad. gives you more information to be able to make better decisions. But at the same point, it gives, gives you time, basically, to use these techniques to kind of calm yourself down and, uh, and get yourself out of, the, out of that mode where your body feels like it has one job, which is to get away from the tiger or to get away from the person who just flew in from corporate. You know? So um, that, yeah. that's been my take on it. Yeah, that's right. The other thing is, uh, uh, again, people are watching you. People are observing you. And, you know, you don't want to be the leader who has storm clouds over his head and everybody says, you know, I'm not going to tell him, you tell him, or uh, stay stay away from the boss today. You know, you, you want to be somebody who's in control, calm and cool and in control. And, and you know, people are watching, whether and- you know it or not, or like it or not, people are watching you 24-7. And the first thing to do is to thank them for bringing you that bad, that bad news because the worst scenario would be if they don't bring it to you and you're flying blind. That's right. And they've got to be comfortable approaching you with it. And um, uh, that's absolutely right. So what is the um, definition of natural rhythm? I know we wanted to touch on that as mm-hmm. well and make people aware and top of mind that that also plays a part in this. Yeah, so uh, it, it really does, and I'm glad you brought that up. There's a book called When, written by Daniel Pink, and it talks about this kind of natural rhythm that 80% of the, 80% of human beings have throughout our our uh, uh, the time that we're awake. And the rhythm goes something like this: from the time you wake up until early afternoon, 
you're highly energetic, you're highly analytical, you're able to focus, whether it's reading or analyzing, you're able to keep distractions at a distance, and you're able to focus on the task at hand and get it done. That's called peak. That's your peak time of the day. And again, for most people, peak is shortly after they awaken until sometime early afternoon. Uh, and then early afternoon to late afternoon is just the opposite of peak. It's something called trough. So you go from peak, high analytics, to trough, hard to get anything done. Um, and in a lot of cases, can barely keep your eyes open. Now the trough, yeah, yeah, a lot of people make that trough much worse than it needs to be by eating a big heavy lunch or by not exercising on a regular basis. But, our, but all of us, or 80% of us, our body goes into this trough. Trough, it's hard to focus and get things done. Uh, and then late afternoon is what's called recovery. So we go from peak to trough to late afternoon, what's called recovery. And during recovery, it's not the high analytics of peak. It's not the doldrum of a trough, but it's this kind of brainstorming, free thinking uh, energy level. And so what's important about that is that when you recognize your peak, your trough and your recovery, you can kind of balance your day out uh, depending on what you need to do when. So I used to be the kind of person who, if I'm gonna to go to the dentist or the doctor or have these errands, I would do them first thing in the morning because I just like to get things done. Well, what I discovered is I'm sitting in the dentist chair at eight o'clock in the morning, twiddling my thumbs, thinking, I hurry up, I gotta get out of here, I got things to do, because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm in my peak. Now, I go to the dentist at two, at two in the afternoon when I'm in my trough, and I basically tell them, wake me up when you're done. So um, that's kind of a basic example. But, you know, errands and uh, maybe just answering kind of routine mundane emails or in my case, when I'm in my trough, that's when I'll get up and go walk around and talk to my 32, 33 employees and see how everything's going with everybody or, you know, again, other things that, that don't require a lot of brain power. When would you recommend is the best time for a manager to uh, have a staff meeting with her staff? Yeah, so uh, certainly for me, it's 9 a.m. Uh, every Tuesday at 9 a.m. is when we hold our, we call it our synchronization meeting. But do it earlier in the morning um, because, again, 80% of the people are at their peak at that time. Um, afternoon meetings, for me personally, uh, very difficult to do. Afternoon appointments, not so bad. That's one-on-one. -on -one. That's kind of uh, a recovery thing where, you know, you're just having dialogue with somebody. And the best time to, pr to prepare for the, the, the next day? Uh, so for me, um, again, the way I do it is I'll prepare for the next day lightly in the evening. Okay, what can I cross off the list for today? What's on the list for tomorrow? But, but I just look at what's on the list for tomorrow. First thing in the morning is when I really prepare for it. For example, if I have a nine o'clock meeting, and the subject matter is, um, let's say, ice hockey, then, mm -hmm. um, then at 8.30, 8.15 or 8.30, um, I'm devoted to preparing for that meeting. You play, you play a little ice hockey, right? I play hockey. I coach hockey. Um, I'm going to coach a college team this year. Oh, wow. And I, yeah, and I'm actually uh, part of a, a group of people who are trying to get a new facility constructed in Virginia Beach, a state-of-the-art um, uh, two-sheet of ice uh, we call it the Warrior Ice Center here in Virginia Beach. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I played uh, beer league hockey for about 15 years here in Columbus. And, uh, <laughs> of course, huge Blue Jackets fan as well. But it's like, yeah, so you and I have something in common there. For sure. What do you mean played? You're not still playing? 
No, it's like I, I ran into some back issues. So, so now I'm on a bike. So now I'm doing long distance cycling. That, that, that's my jam. Okay, good. That's, that's great to hear. <laughs> We've got just a few minutes left, Bob. Can you want to share a little bit about the Elevate Your Leadership uh, program that you have to let our yeah. listeners know? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the, the, long, the long version of it, and I'll, I'll get through the long version quickly, is I was looking for leadership training for my, my crew. Like I said, I've got about 32 employees, and I couldn't find uh, the leadership training that I had been exposed to throughout my military career. So I created my own curriculum uh, and delivered it to my team, and people outside of my organization saw what I created and what I was doing, and they said, there's value there. You should consider uh, you know, going, going public, so to speak, with that. So that's what I've done. And so with Elevate Your Leadership, um, I've taken my 26-year military career, my training, my education, and most importantly, my, my experience, uh, and then overlaid that with my 10 years in the private sector. And I've taken what I think are the best practices in leadership and consolidated them into three topics. I have a one-day um, event, I have a two-day event, and I have a three-day event. And the one day, we're going to talk about the art and science of leadership. The two-day is art and science of leadership plus how to build and lead a winning team. And then when we get into the three-day, I actually bring in a couple other guest speakers, and uh, we, we hit leadership uh, in 5.1 surround sound. Wow. Wow. One, one question I wanted to ask you before we go, and is that uh, for all the managers and leaders that are out there, it's like, uh, I'd just like for you to share why a service-disabled veteran would make an excellent hire. Uh, well, I can tell you as somebody who employs um, more than one service-disabled veteran, uh, the discipline you see, the you know, simple things like having employees show up on time and, ha and properly groomed, wearing the proper attire for the job, veterans, that's, that's uh, automatic for them. So if, as, a, as an employer, if you don't have to correct little things like that, you can really cut, you've got momentum and you can really get on with the important things that, that you need to do. And veterans bring that discipline. Uh, in most cases, uh, veterans bring that discipline and it allows you to, uh, they, they have momentum. They come through the door with this momentum that every employer needs. That sounds great. I apologize for the siren behind my <laughs> microphone there. If you want to um, engage with Bob, so your Twitter, Bob, is Robert Pizzini. It's P-I-Z-Z-I-N-I. -Z That's how you spell the last name. And your Facebook page is Elevate Your Leadership. And your website is robertpizzini.com. Bob, thank you for coming on the show. You gave us some good tips today. I'm going to try that breathing thing. <laughs> hey, that's great. Uh, and if you want to know more about it, Google it. Uh, it's, um, it. It really works. And if I'm in Virginia Beach, I'm going to stop by and try the indoor skydiving, although For it scares, sure. scares the hell out of me. But it's like, I figured indoor, it would scare me less. <laughs> yeah, come and take a look at it. You'll have a blast. We fly <laughs> young as three. And um, uh, it's just, uh, we call it bringing people together. Everybody cheers for everybody. Everybody has a blast doing it. Fantastic. Thanks, Thank Bob. Thank you so much, yes. Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity to be on your podcast. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.